All right, here we go. Chapter 5. Side note, the person who ordered, who checked this out, look out before me, folded so many corners and, like, it ain't good, y'all. Take care of the library books. All right, chapter 5. Diagon Alley. Here, oh, let me close the closet real quick. Yeah, that's better. Harry woke early the next morning. Although he could tell it was daylight, he kept his eyes shut tight. That's a mood. That's me. Anytime I have a test on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm just like, no, let me sleep more. It was a dream, he told himself firmly. I dreamed a giant called Hagrid came to tell me I was going to school for wizards. When I open my eyes, I'll be home in my cupboard. There was suddenly a loud tapping noise. Some onomatopoeia for y'all. You know, onomatopoeia is when that. You know, it is onomatopoeia because it goes pat tap. And there's Aunt Petunia knocking on the door, Harry thought, his heart sinking. But he still didn't open his eyes. It had been such a good dream. Tap, tap, tap. You're right, Harry mumbled. I'm getting up. He sat up and Hagrid's heavy coat fell off him. The hut was full of sunlight. The storm was over. Hagrid himself was asleep on the collapsed sofa. Oh, don't drink too much soda before trying to read. You get bubbles in your throat. Hagrid himself was asleep on this collapsed sofa, and there was an owl tapping its claw on the window. The newspaper held in its beak. <sighs> Harry scrambled to his feet, so happy he felt as though a large balloon was swelling inside him. Might want to get that checked out. He went straight to the window and jerked it open. And now swooped in and dropped the newspaper on top of Hagrid, who didn't wake up. The owl then fluttered onto the floor and began to attack Hagrid's coat. Don't do that! Harry tried to wave the owl out of the way, but snapped its beak fiercely at him and carried on savaging the coat. Hagrid! said Harry loudly. There's an owl. I am. Hagrid grunted into the sofa. What? He wants paying for delivering the paper. Look in the pockets. Harry's coat to be made of nothing but pockets. I want a coat like that. I just has pocket and pockets and pockets. I just love pockets. I'm wearing a jacket right now because I like putting my hands in my pockets. You know, I'll track you in. All right, let's go. Nothing but pockets. Bunches of keys, slug pellets, balls of string, peppermint humbugs, tea bags. Finally, Harry pulled out a handful of strange-looking coins. Give him five nuts, said Hagrid sleepily. Nuts? Little bronze ones. Harry counted out five little bronze coins. And the owl held out his leg so that Harry could put money into a small leather pouch tied to it. Then he flew off through the open window. Harry yawned loudly, sat up, and stretched. Must be off, Harry. Lots to do today. Gotta get up to London and buy all your stuff for school. Let me get my popcorn. I don't know where my roommate went if he went to one of the neighbors for popcorn. Off from his home. Hmm. It helps to keep my mouth dry while reading, and popcorn helps with that. Harry was turning over the wizard coins and looking at them. He had just thought of something that made him feel as though the happy balloon inside him just had just got punctured. Um, Hagrid? Hmm? Said Hagrid, who's pulling up on his huge boots. I haven't got any money. That's a mood. As a college student, I'm broke. But it's okay. 
Everything's fine. And you heard Uncle Verdon last night. He won't pay for me to go and learn magic. Don't worry about that, said Hagrid, standing up and scratching his head. You think your parents left you with... You, you didn't... Do you think your parents didn't leave you anything? But their house was just cried. They didn't keep their gold in the house, boy. Nah, first stop for us Gringotts. Wizard's Bank. I have a sausage. Not bad and cold. I wouldn't say no to a bit of your birthday cake, neither. Which is have a bank? Just one. Gringotts. Run by goblins. Harry dropped a bit of sausage he was holding. Goblins! Yeah, so you'd be mad to try and rob it. I'll tell you that. Never mess with goblins, Harry. Gringotts is a safe place in the world for anything you want to keep safe. Except maybe Hogwarts. As a matter of fact, I gotta visit Gringotts anyway. For Dumbledore. Hogwarts business. Hagrid drew himself up proudly. He usually gets any during important stuff for him. Fetching new things from Gringotts. Knows he can trust me, see? Gotten everything? Come on, then. Harry followed Hagrid on, out onto the rock. I want to know what the address of that rock hut is. Ten bucks is Dwayne Street on the rock. But um, that was bad. The sky is quiet and clear now, and the sea gleamed in the sunlight. The boat Uncle Brandon had hired was still there, with a lot of water in the bottom after the storm. How did you get here? Harry asked, looking around for an boat. Flew. Flew? Yeah, well, I have to go back in this. I'm not supposed to use magic. Now, now I've got you. They settled down in the boat. Hag Harry was still Hagrid. No, Harry still staring at Hagrid, trying to imagine him flying. You know, flying with the just Mary Poppins style. That'd be great. I'd pay to see Hagrid to see him like that. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Seems seems a shame to row, though," said Hagrid, leaving, giving Harry a no another sideways look. If I was to speed things up a bit, would you mind not mentioning it at Hogwarts? Of course not," said Hagrid. Said Harry, eager to see more magic. Hagrid pulled out the up pink umbrella again, tapped it twice on the side of the boat, and they sped off towards land. Why would you be mad to try Rob Gringotts? Harry said. Spells, enchantments, said Hagrid, unfolding his newspaper as he spoke. They say there's a dragon in the garden, the high security vault. Then you gotta find your way. Gringotts is hundreds of miles under London, see? Deep under the underground. You'd die hunger trying to get out of there. If you did manage to break and get your hands on something. Harry sat and thought about this for a while, while Hagrid read his newspaper, the Daily Prophet. Love popcorn. Has such a weird up um relationship with popcorn. Like I love it and I hate it. I love the taste of it. But, like I worked in a movie theater and I sold popcorn with scouts for twelve years. So I'm also hanging sick of this stuff. Which brings me up with a question. Did we take a bunch of foods and try exploding them in heat to see if they tasted better? Or did we just do that with corn and think that's good enough?
So here's our experiment. Blow up as much food as you can, see if it tastes better afterwards. I'm joking, please don't actually blow anything up. Tara learned from Uncle Vernon that people like to be left alone while they do this. It was di difficult. He'd never had so many questions in his life. Ministry of Magic messing things up as usual, Hagrid muttered. Turning the page. Is the Ministry of Magic? Harry asked before he could sound so. Of course. They want Dumbledore for Minister, of course. But he's not really Hogwarts. And old Cornelius Fudge got the job. Bunglery, if there ever was one. So he pouts Dumbledore with owls every morning asking for favors. I wonder what bungler is. Probably not a weird British word. So what does the Ministry of Magic do? Oh, main job is to keep it from the muggles that there's some still witches and wizards up and down the country. Why? Why? Why me, Harry? Only one magic solution to your project. Nah, we're best left alone. If only magic were that easy. I swear I can never get a straight answer from anything. The universe, spirit. They're always so vague. Now I'm gonna be struck down with like tripping over my feet for bad mouthing the universe, but whatever. At this moment, the, bu the boat bumps light gently into the harbor wall. Haggard folded up his newspaper and they clambered up on stone steps onto the street. Hashabai stared a lot at Hagrid as we walked through the little town to the station. I can't blame him. Only was Hagrid twice as tall as anyone. Kept pointing at perfectly ordinary things like parking meters and out the area. Things muggles dream up, eh? Hagrid, said Harry, panting bad as he ran to keep up. Did you say there were dragons at Gringotts? Well, so they say, said Hagrid. Crikey. I'd like a dragon. Hagrid is like the magical version of... No, I guess, um... Newt's Commander is basically the magic version of, um, Steve Irwin. You like one. I own ever since I was a kid. Here we go. Every station. There's a train to London in five minutes' time. Hagrid, who didn't understand muggle money, as he called it, gave the bills to Harry so he could buy the tickets. People stared more when, than ever on the train. Hagrid took up two suits and sat knitting what looked like an airy yellow, yellow circus tent. Still got your letter, Harry? He said as he counted the stitches. Harry took the parchment envelope out of his pocket. Good, said Harry. There's a list there of anything you need. Harry unfolded the second piece of paper that you hadn't noticed the night before and read Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Resurrectory. Uniform. First year's rule choir. One. Number one, three sets of plain work robes, black. Two, one pointed black hat for day wear. Number three, one pair of protective gloves, dragon hide or similar. And number four, one winter cloak, black with silver fastenings. Please note that all pupils' cloaks should carry name tags. Course books. All students should have a copy of each of the following. A standard book of spells, grade one, by Miranda Gostrock. History of Magic by Bethilda Bagshot. Magical Fury by Albert Waffling. A Bigger Hands Guide to Transfigurations by Emmerich Witch. 1000 Magical Herbs and Fine Guy. Oh. By Valida Spore. 
Magical Draughts and Potions by Arsonist Jigger. That's Jigger. I'm not, re not that other weird. Oh gosh, I just realized what that sounded like. Oh, gr oh crap. I might try to edit that, that part, out, part out anyways. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Pretty Fun Movie by Newt's Commander. And The Dark Horses. A Guide to Self-Protection by Quentin Trimble. Gosh, I just... <sighs> Running low on breath. Also, with real magic, that's basically what we study. Like, it's what you, like, look at. It's, like, how to protect yourself. Other equipment. One wand, one cauldron, pewter, standard size two. One set of glass or crystal files. One telescope, one set of brass scales. Students may also bring an owl or a cat or a toad. Why can't you bring a dog? Like, dogs are just so much better than all of those. Parents are reminded that first years are not allowed their own broomsticks. Fun fact, I'm trying to start a Yuva Quidditch team. But, um... The Times of Register's teams are closing soon, and I don't haven't gotten any buddy to like respond to the flyers I put up, so I don't think that's gonna happen this year, but I'll try again next year. Set up a cardinal quidditch team. Can we buy all this London? Buy all this in London, Harry wondered aloud. If you know where to go, eBay. That's where you go. He had never been to London before. Although Haggard seemed to know where he was going, he was obviously not used to getting around in an ordinary way. Yes, stuck in the ticket barrier on the underground and complained loudly that the seats were too small and the trains too slow. I don't know how muggles manage well magic, he said, as he climbed a broken down escalator that led up to a bustling road lined with shops. Haggard was. <laughs> Damn, I really am addicted to popcorn. I'm like a junkie that's been on withdrawal for too long and just got his first hit back. I'm like a junkie trying to relax. <laughs> what is that song? Anyone can help me find that song. Please do so, or I'll just look up the lyrics in a bit. It's, I'm like a junkie tired not for the last time. Da -na 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 Hagrid was so huge that he parted the crowd easily. All Harry had to do was keep close behind him. They, pot, they passed by bookshops and music stores, hamburger restaurants, and cinemas. But nowhere that looked like he could sell you a magic wand. There are several places up in Barton Road that are um, crystal and magic shops. They're really nice. It's Dot Fox and... Um, Natural Mystic, I think. And then there's Electric Ladyland, but that's just a hippie shop in general. This was just an ordinary street full of ordinary people. Were there really piles of wizard and gold buried mines beneath them? Were there really shops that sold spellbooks and broom shops? Might this not all be some huge shop that the uh, early scooped up? 
he had no had no Dursley had no sense of humor. I thought so. Somehow, even though everything Hagrid had told us so far was unbelievable, Harry couldn't help trusting him. This is it, said Hagrid, coming to a halt. Oogie Cauldron. It's a famous place. There's a tiny, grubby-looking pub. Hagrid had pointed out Harry would never notice it was there. The people were hurrying by didn't glance at all. Their eyes slipped from book, big bookshop to one side and to record shop on the other, and said they couldn't see the local cauldron at all. Now, you're in London. You can't tell me that people aren't stopping into a pub. Right? Like, that place is riddled with pubs, isn't it? In fact, I had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Before he could mention this, Hagrid had steered him inside. Ugh, caffeine. Caffeine is my best friend. For a famous place, it was dark and shabby. A few old women were sitting in corner drinking tiny glass, drinking tiny glasses of sherry. One of them was smoking a long pipe. Well, man, a top hat was talking to the old bartender. It was quite bold and looked like a toothless walnut. Aren't all, aren't all walnuts toothless? Little buzz of chatter stopped when they walked in. Everyone seemed to know Hagrid. They waved and smiled at him. And the bartender reached for a glass, saying, The usual Hagrid? Can't, Tom. Hogwarts business, said Hagrid. Clapping a great hand on Harry's shoulder, thanking Harry's knees buckle. Good lord, said the bartender, looking at Harry. Is this. can it be? The leaky cauldron had suddenly gone completely still inside. Bless my sauce, whispered the old bartender. Harry Potter, what an honor! He hurried from behind the bar, rum, 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 popcorn, rum. That's why this video, this episode is taking so long, because I'm eating half the time. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, welcome back, Mr. Potter, welcome back. Harry didn't know what to say. Everyone was looking at him. The old woman with the pipe was puffing on it without reason reason had gone out. Hagrid was beaming. Then there was a great scraping of hairs, and the next moment Harry found himself shaking hands with everyone in the League of Cauldron. Doris Crockford. Oh. Ooh, feels like spirit just trying to take over my body again. <sighs> Piss off, ghost. I can't believe I'm meeting you at last. So proud, Mr. Potter. I'm just so proud. Always wanted to shake your hand. No more flutter. Delighted, Mr. Potter. I just can't tell you. Diggle, name's Diggle. Diggle's the name. Diggle's Diggle. I've seen you before, said Harry, as Diggle's Diggle's top hat fell off in excitement. You bowed to me once in a shop. He remembers, said Diggle's Diggle, looking around at everyone. Did you hear that? He remembers me. Oh, I should probably close this little door. There. That's better. Harry shook hands again and again. Doors Crockford kept coming back to more. The pale young man made his way forward, very nervously. Why his eyes were twitching. Professor Quirrell, said Hagrid. 
Hey, Professor Quarrel will be why your teacher's awkward. Potter stammered. Professor Quarrel, grasping Harry's hand, can't tell you how pleased I am to meet you. So much do you teach, Professor Quarrel, to convince against the dark arts. Muttered Professor Quarrel, though you'd rather not think about it. Not that you didn't eh, Potter? He laughed nervously. You will be getting all your equipment, I suppose. I've got to pick up a new book on vampires myself. He looked terrified at the very thought. But the others wouldn't let Professor Quirrell keep Harry to himself. It took almost ten minutes to go away from the mall. At last, Hagrid managed to take him away from the make him what make himself heard over the babble. Let's get on. Lots of bye. Come on, Harry. Why is pop? Why is warm? Like there is exploded corn. Why is it so good? Doors clicked for three Harrys and one last time. And Hagrid led them through the bar out into a small walled courtyard. But there was nothing but a trash can and a few weeds. Hagrid grinned at Harry. Told you that I. Told you you were famous. Professor Quirrell is trembling, Mia. Oh, yeah, he's usually trembling. He's always a nurse. Oh, yeah, pop look. Oh, yeah, pop look. Put in your mind. I don't know why he's just an accent. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure, eh? Maple syrup, hockey, hockey, uh, Tim Hortons. <laughs> Oh yeah, poor block. <laughs> now I'm thinking they're cool like man. Oh yeah, poor block, brilliant mind. He was fine while he was studying our books. Thanks for your also get some fresh experience. They say he met vampires in Black Forest. There was next bit of trouble with the hag. Never been seen since. Scared student, scared his own subject. Now, first new umbrella. Vampires, hags. It sounds like some of the people in my dorm. Not not my dorm mates. My dorm mates are freaking awesome. Hagrid's head was swimming. Hagrid, meanwhile, was counting bricks on the wall with the trash can. Three up, two cross. He uttered, right, stand back, Harry. Tap the wall three times with the point of an umbrella. Freaky attacks quivered. It wriggled. In the middle, a small hole appeared, wire and wire. Second layer, they were facing an archway, large one for even Hagrid. An archway onto a cobbled street that twisted and turned out of the sight. By the way, if you ever go to Universal Studios, Diagon Alley is the most like detailed, oriented, amazing place ever. And Butterbeer is freaking amazing. There's actually a bottled brand of butterbeer. It's a um, butterscotch non-alcoholic soda. A butterscotch non-alcoholic beer or butterscotch uh, um, soda called Flying Cauldron Butterscotch Beer. You can find that just at any candy shop and it's amazing. Shameless promoting. Oh, I'm running down on time. I might turn this into a two-parter. Welcome 
to Jurassic Park. Did I go on alley? My bad. Wrong franchise. He grinned at Harry in amusement. At Harry's amusement. They stepped through the archway. Harry looked quickly over his shoulder and saw the archway sink instantly back into a solid wall. The sun shone brightly on my old Kentucky home, brightly on a stack of cauldrons outside the nearest shop. Cauldrons of all sizes, copper, brass, pewter, silver, self-stirring, collapsible, and a sign hanging over them. You'll be needing one. You gotta get your money first. After this page, I'm gonna split this into two parts. Hey, wish you had about eight more eyes. God, that'd be terrifying. You're already four-eyed, Harry. But um, turned his head in every direction as he walked up the street, trying to look at everything at once. The shops, things outside them, people doing their shopping. A plump woman outside the apocryphy was shaking her head as they passed. Dragon liver, sixteen sickles an ounce. They're mad. A low, soft hooting came to the dark shop with a sign saying, Elopes Alborium, Tawny Street, Round Barn, and Snowy. Several boys about Harry's age were had their noses pressed against windows with broomsticks in it. Look, Harry heard one say. The new Nimbus 2000, faster as ever. Shop selling roads, shop selling telescopes, and strange children from young, young, young. Harry had never seen before. Windows stacked, stacked with barrels of bats, spleen, and eels' eyes, tarting houses, spell books, and clothes, and rolled apart, fall below. Clark, spent oaks, lobes of the moon. Bring guts, said Hagrid. I'm gonna turn that into two parter real quick. I'll be back in. Well, for you, it'll be no time. And we're back because we I can only record for three minutes at a time. I was running a long time. Don't want to stress. Gringotts, said Hagrid, had reached a snowy white building that towered over the other little shops. Standing beside its burnished bronze doors where uniform and scarlet with scarlet and gold was. Yeah, that's a goblin, said Hagrid, quietly as he walked up the white stone steps towards him. The goblin was about a head shorter than Harry. He had a swarthy, clever face, a pointed beard, and Harry noticed very long fingers and feet. He bowed as they walked inside. Now they were facing a second pair of doors, silver this time, with words engraved upon them. Enter, stranger, but take heed. For the weights, the sin of greed. For those who take but do not earn, must pay austerely in their turn. So if you seek beneath our floors, a traverser that was never yours. Thief, you have been warned, beware. Find you more than treasure there. Like I said before, you'd be mad to try and rob it, said Hagrid. A pair of goblins bowed to them through the silver doors, and they were in the vast marble hole. I feel like I'm slurring about like I like had way too much to drink. I'm just choking. I don't drink anymore. About a hundred more goblins were sitting on high stools behind a large count, long counter, scribbling in large ledgers, wearing coins and brass scales, examining precious stones, eyeglasses. There are too many doors to count, leading them off the hall. More goblins are showing people in and out of these. Haggard and Hare, you made for the counter. Morning, said Haggard to Free Goblin. Come to take out some money out of Mr. Potter's safe. Do you have his key, sir? Got us somewhere. Haggard, I started emptying his pockets on the counter, scattering a handful of moldy dog biscuits over the goblin's number of books. Books and numbers. Goblin wrinkled his nose. 
Harry watched the goblin on the right, weighing a pile of rock rubies or big ass glowing coals. But, said Agrid at last, holding up a tiny golden key, the goblin looked at it closely. Seems to be in order. I got a letter from Professor Dumbledore. Sagrid said importantly, throwing his chest. It's about you know what, and what, 713. Goblin read the letter carefully. Very well, she said, handing it back to let it. Hagrid. I will have someone take you down to both worlds. Griphook. Griphook was the unarmed goblin. Now, oh, popcorn stuck in my teeth. Once Hagrid had crammed all the way, all the dog exercise pockets, why not throw those away? They're moldy, dude. That's gross. He and Harry followed Griphook towards one of the doors leading off the hall. That's the you know what in Vault. What's the you know what in Vault 713? Harry asked. Can't tell you that, said Hagrid mysteriously. Very secret. Our works business. Don't want to trust me. More of my job is worth to tell you. Group Hook held the door open for them. Harry, who had expected more marvel, was surprised. And a narrow stone passageway lit with flaming torches. It slipped steeply downward, and there were little railway tracks in the floor. Griphook whistled, and a small cart came hurdling up the tracks towards them. They climbed in and Hagrid with some difficulty, and were off. At first, they had hurdled through many twisting passages. Harry tried to remember. Left, right, right, left, middle, forward, right, left, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. But it was impossible. A rattling cart seemed to know its own way, because Griphook wasn't steering. Harry's eyes stung as the cold air rushed past him, but he kept them wide open. Once she thought he saw a burst of fire at the end of the passage and twisted around. Very buttery popcorn. Cold air rushed past him, but he kept them wide open. He twisted around to see if there was a dragon, but too late. They plunged even deeper, passing an underground lake with huge lactate spikes grew from the ceiling and floor. Never know, Harry called Hagrid over the noise of the cart. What's the difference between a stalagmite and a stalactite? Stalagmite's got an M in it, Hagrid's, and don't ask for questions now. Then you want to be sick. He did look very green, and when the twi and when the cart stopped, at last beside a small door in the passage wall, Harry got out and had to lean against the wall to keep his knees from trembling. You see, that's me after I ride a lot of roller coasters. Well, like, then I get on again because I love roller coasters and I'm a big dummy. So, yeah. Grip hook unlocked the door. A lot of green smoke came billing out as it cleared. Harry gasped. Inside were mounds of gold coins, columns of silver, heaps of little bronze nuts. All yours, smiled Hagrid. All Harry's. It was incredible. The Dursleys couldn't have known about this, but they'd have taken from him faster than blinking. How often they had complained about how much Harry cost them to keep. And all the time there had been a small fortune belonging to him, very deep under London. Hagrid helped Harry pile... Yeah, okay, I read that. Right? Three inches in a row, and man, that would twist your tongue. Hagrid helped Harry pile some into a bag. Gold ones or galleons? 
he explained. 17 silver sickles to the galleon, 29 nuts to a sickle. It's easy enough, right? That should be enough for a couple of turns. Man, it's like the English um, measuring system. Why don't we just switch to metric, please? Base units of 10. So much easier. Right. Now, that should keep you for a couple of turns. We can rest safe for you. Turn the grip hook. Well, 713 now, please. We can go a little more slowly. One speed only, said grip hook. They're going even deeper now, gathering speed. The air became colder and colder as they hurtled around tight corners. They were rattling over an underground ravine. Carried over now to see what was... Ah! Leaned over the side to see what was down at the bottom. Haggard groaned and pulled him back by his cuff of his neck. Well, 713 had no keyholes. Stand back, said Ripok importantly. He stripped the door gently with one of his long fingers and simply mounted it away. And if anything, if anyone but a grip hook, grip, Gringotts Goblin tried that, they'd be sucked through the door and trapped in there, said Grip Hook. How often do you check to see if anyone's inside? Harry asked. About once every ten years, said Grip Hook with a very nasty grin. Something really extraordinary had to be inside this top security vault. Harry was sure, and leaned forward eagerly, expecting to see fabulous jewels at the very least. But at first he thought it was empty. He noticed a small gray package wrapped in ground paper laying on the floor. Harry picked it up and tucked it deep inside his coat. Harry longed to know what it was, but knew better than to ask. Come on, back into this, come on, back into this infernal cart. Don't talk to me on the way back. It's best if I keep my mouth shut. One wild cart ride later, and they stood blinking into the sunlight outside. Harry didn't know where to run first. Now that he had a bag full of money, he didn't know how many galleons there were to a pound, and to know that he was holding more money than he had in his whole life. More than uh, more than Dudley even ever had. <coughs> I'm really struggling right now. <laughs> Might as well get your uniform, said Hagrid, nodding towards Madame Mil Malkin and Rose for all occasions. Listen, Harry, would you mind if I slipped off for a pick-me-up in the Lickwell Cauldron? I am the Grimgod's carts. He did look a bit sick still. So Harry entered Madame Malkin's shop alone, feeling nervous. Madame Malkin was a squat, smiling witch dressed in all mauve. I said that right? M-A-U-V-E? Mauve? Or am I, like, Frenching it up too much? Or is it like wave or something? I don't know. It's a color. Hogwarts, dear, she said. And Harry started to speak. Got the lot here. Now a young man being fitted up just now, in fact. In the back of the shop board, the pale pointy face was standing on a footstool while a second witch pinned him up with long black robes. Madame Malcolm stood up Harry on his deck on a stool next to him. Slipped a long rope over his head robe over his head and began to pin it to the right length. Hello, said the boy. Hogwarts too? Yes, said Harry. My father's next door buying my books, and mother's up the street looking at wands, said the boy in a bored, drawling voice. Now I'll have to drag them and look at racing brooms. I don't see why first years can't have their own. Got bully father and gave me a new one, smuggled it in somehow. Harry was reminded strongly of Dudley. Have you got your own broom? The boy went on. No, said Harry. Play Quidditch at all? No, said Harry. Again, wondering what the owner, which would be. 
I do. Heather says it'd be a crime if I did not pick to play for my house. You must see, I agree. I know what house I'll, you'll know what house you'll be in yet? No. Say, are you more feeling stupid by the minute? Well, no one really knows until they get there, do they? But I know I'll be in Slytherin. All my family has been. Imagine being a Hufflepuff. I think I'd leave, wouldn't you? Hmm. Harry wishing he had something, had could say something a bit more interesting. I say, look at that man! The boy suddenly nodding towards the front window. Hagrid standing there, grinning at Harry and pointing to two large ice creams to show he couldn't come in. That's Hagrid. Said Harry, please know something. The boy didn't. He works at Hogwarts. Oh, that's the way I've heard of him. Since we're turn, is he? He's the gamekeeper. Said Harry. He was liking the boy less and less every second. Yes, exactly. I've heard he's some sort of savage. He lives in a hut on the school grounds, and every now and then he gets drunk, tragedy magic, and ends up singing fire to his bed. I think he's brilliant, said Bear, said Harry coldly. Do you? said the boy with a slight sneer. Why is he with you? Where are your parents? They're dead, said Harry shortly. He didn't feel all that like getting into the matter with the boy. Oh. Sorry, said the air, not, oh, sorry, said the air, not sounding sorry at all. But they were our kind, weren't they? They were a witch and wizard, if that's what you mean. I don't think they should let the other sort in, do you? It's not the same. They've never been brought up to know our ways. This kind of reminds me of the prayer in school argument. It's like, y'all... Freedom of religion in their public schools. That's why there's not prayer in school. Because not everyone is a Bible thumping Christian. Oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to get political, are I? Suddenly, they never heard of Hogwarts until they got their letter. Imagine. I think they should have kept it up in the old became wizarding families. What's your surname, anyway? Of a boy who could answer, Adam Malkin said, That's you, you done, my dear. And Harry, not sorry, Frank, she's to stop talking to the boy. Hop down to the pistol. Well, I see you. I, I got. I can't stuck on your teeth, no. That sucks. Hmm. As I eat more popcorn. Well, I'll see you at Hogwarts, I suppose, said the drawing boy. Here's rather quiet. I see the ice cream. How many pages do I have left of this? Okay. I'm about halfway through. Okay, no more eating. What's up, said Hagrid. Nothing, Harry lied. They stuck to bite parchment and quills. He cheered up and went when he found a bobbing that changed color as he wrote. When they left the shop, he said, Hagrid, what's Quidditch? Blimey, I keep forgetting how much little you know. Not know about Quidditch. Don't make me feel worse, said Harry. He told Hagrid about the pale boy in Madame Malkins. And he said people in the Muggle family shouldn't even be allowed in. You're not from a Muggle family. <laughs> If he'd known who you were, he'd grown up knowing your names and if his parents were from folk, 
It's only one of the photos, like. Like when they saw ya. Anyway, what does it know about? So, best stories you know I have in the world. Mexican long line of muggles. Look at your mom. Look what she had for her sister. Sweat is Quidditch. It's a sport. Where's the sport? It's like soccer in the muggle world. Everyone follows Quidditch. Played up in the air and broom took in their four balls. So hard to explain the rules. Where's school in the School houses. There's four. No one says I'll pop a lot of duff words. Well, I'm in the family of Hufflepuffs. I'm a Ravenclaw in the family of Hufflepuffs. But I'm the one who's gonna probably end up failing out of college, so who's the real deafer? Hmm. Well, Hufflepuff. I bet I'm in Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff and Slytherin. Like, two of my good friends are Slytherin. I wonder how they think about that. You know, a single witch wizard lad with bad who wasn't a Slytherin. You know who was one. Well, sorry. You know who was a Hogwarts? Years and years ago, said Hagrid. It's so hard not to, like, talk, point out stuff that you know after reading it before. And over and over, and finding stuff out, like, as you reread. Because I'm not trying not to spoil it for any of you. So, I want you all to appreciate how much I'm holding and nerding out. Because I love y'all, even though I don't know if any of you actually listen to me. There are Harry's books in a shop called Flourish and Blocks. Our shows were stacked to the ceiling with books as large as paving stones, bound in leather. Books the size of post stains and colors of soap. Books with peculiar symbols. A few books with nothing in them at all. So those are called um, sketchbooks, Harry. You draw in them. That's a date. You eat them. Even though I never read anything, would have been wild to get his hands on some of these. But with your friend, curse and counter curses. With your friends, how do we earn this with the latest revenues? Hair loss, jelly legs. Tongue tying and much, much more by Professor Vindicus Viridian. There's this one book out, um, Barnes and Noble in the spirituality section called Hex Your e How to Hex Your Ex. And like I picked it up once, and my guide, who I won't name, but my spirit guide, he was like my guide in spirituality and witchcraft, was like, don't even think about it. Rule number one of witchcraft. Do no harm. It was just like, oh, okay. Hmm. I was trying to find out how to curse suddenly. I'm not saying that was not that's not a good idea. When you last part see your magic in the model where I cook on very special circumstances. Said Hagrid. Anyway, you couldn't work on anything cursed yet. It was almost stunning before you get to that level. Harry wouldn't let Hagrid buy a solid gold cauldron either. This is pewter on your list. But they got a nice set of scales that for weighing potion reeds, a collapsible brass telescope. Then they visited the apocryphy. Fascinating stuff enough to make up for its horrible spell. It's your bad eggs and rotting cabbages. Sounds like the public bathrooms on campus. Bears of slimy stuff stood in the floors. 
jars of herbs, dried roots, and bright powders lined the walls. Bundles of feathers, strings of fangs, and snarled claws hung from the ceiling. Reminds me of my brother's alert of my brother's room. <laughs> I got a text from my dad today. He's like, are we really that horrible to live with? I hope he knows I'm joking. God knows the things they would say about me if they ever got podcast. Oh, I have a blister on my foot. Oh, I'm so ADC. My foot fell asleep. Outside the apocryphy, Hagrid checked Harry's listing. Just you want, Let. Oh, yeah. And I got your best present. Harry let himself go red. You don't have to. I know I don't have to. Tell you what, I'll get your animal. Not toads. Toads went out fashion years ago. Give me a lot of that. I don't like cats. They make me sneeze. I'll get you an owl. All the kids are an owl, so Deb will carry your mail and everything. Twenty minutes later, they left at Ilope's Elm for him. It's been dark, cool, rustling and flickering, bright, jeweled, bright eyes. Harry now covered a large cage with a beautiful stone owl, fast asleep with her head on her wing. Couldn't stop stammering and singing. Thanks. Sounding just like Professor Crow. Don't mention it. Don't expect you've had a lot of presents from the Dursleys. Just all Vanders left now. Only place for wands. All Vanders. And you gotta have the best wand. Magic wand. This is what Harry had been really looking forward to. I I got to make my own wand. I went out to, to the tree. Asked its permission. I had to find the right tree. I asked its permission to use one of its branches. So I had to clean and cut one of the branches. Then thank it. You have to make always make sure ask permission and thank anytime you use anything for, from nature. And so I sanded it off and I wrapped it in brat and copper. And yeah. It's good for um Oh shoot my foot It's good for um what's the word? Purifying? Blessing. Blessing stuff. Last shop was narrow and shabby. Peeling gold letters over the door like the Alm Vanders. Maker of fine wands since 382 BC. Single wand lay on a faded purple cushion in the dusty window. Twinkling bell rang somewhere in the depths of the shop as they stepped inside. It was a tiny place, empty except for a single spindly chair that Harry that Hagrid set on to wait. Harry felt strangely as though he had entered a very strict library. He allowed a lot of new questions that had just occurred to him. He swallowed a lot of new questions that had just occurred to him. And looked inside and said a thousand arrow boxes piled neatly right up to his room. For some reason, the back of his neck prickled. Very dust and silence in here seemed to tingle with some secret magic. Good afternoon, said a soft voice. Harry jumped. Hagrid must have jumped too, because there was a large crunching noise and he got quickly off the spindly chair. Oh, shoot, my leg fell asleep. Why? Why are you like this leg? The old man was standing before them. Pale, wide eyes, shining like moons through the gloom of the shop. Hello, said Harry awkwardly. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I thought I'd be seeing you soon, Harry Potter. It wasn't a question. You would have your mother's eyes. He was only yesterday that she herself was in her 
I think her first one. Tin and a quarter-inch long, swishy, made of willow. Nice wand for charm work. Mr. Ollivander moved closer to Harry. He wished he'd blink. Silvery eyes were a bit creepy. Your father, on the other hand, appeared a mahogany wand. Eleven inches. Pliable. No more power and an excellent for transfiguration. Well, I say your father favored it. Surely the wand that chooses the wizard, of course. I think my wand is from a, um, a maple tree. Not maple. I have to look at it again, but there's specific trees that you can get wands from. And I have to remember. His arm is so close to Harry that he and were almost nose to nose. Harry could see himself reflected in those misty eyes. And that's where Mr. Ollivander touched the lightning scar in Harry's forehead. Long white finger. I'm sorry I sold to say I sold the one that did it. Thirteen and a half inches. You powerful one. Very powerful and in the wrong hands. Well, if I known what that one was getting going into the world to do. Shook his head and then to his relief responded to Hagrid. Rubrius! Rubius Hagrid! How'd I see you again? Oak, sixteen inches. Rather bendy, wasn't it? Why, sir, yes, said Hagrid. Good wand, that one. I suppose they snapped in half when you got expelled. Said Mr. Alvander, suddenly stern. Er, yes, they did. Yes, said Hagrid, shuffling his feet. I've still got the pieces, though, he added brightly. But we don't use them, do we? said Mr. Alvander sharply. Oh, no, sir, said Hagrid quickly. Harry noticed he gripped the opinion row very tightly. Hmm, said Mr. Po Mr. Ollivander. Well, now, Mr. Potter, let me think. I've got a long tape measure with a long with silver markings in his pocket. Which is your wand arm? Er, well, I'm right-handed, said Harry. Hold out your arm. That's it. He measured Harry from shoulder to finger, wrist to elbow, shoulder to the floor, the armpit, and round the head. As he measured, he said, Harry Ollivander's wand has a core of very powerful magic substance. We use unicorn hairs, phoenix tail feathers, and the heartstrings of dragons. Mm. That's better. No two elevators ones are the same. Just as no two unicorn, dragon, or phoenixes are quite the same. And of course, you will never get such good response with Merrick Wizard's wand. Harry suddenly realized the tape measure, which was measuring between his nostrils, was doing it on his own. Mr. Ollivander was flitting around the shelves, taking down boxes. That will do, he said, and the tape measure crumpled into a heap on the floor. Right then, Mr. Potter, try this one. Birchwood and Dragon Heartstring. Nine inches. Nice and flexible. Just take it and give it away. Harry took the wand, feeling foolish, waved it around a bit. Mr. Ollivander snatched it out of his hand and was orange. Maple and Phoenix Fair. Seven inches. Quite whippy. Try it, Harry tried. He had barley, hardly raised the wand when it too was snatched out of his hand by his own end. No, no, here. Ebony and unicorn hair. Eight and a half inches. Springy. Go on, on, try it out. Harry tried and tried. He had no idea what Miss Alvin's wand was. Pile of tried wands was mounting higher and higher on the spindly chair. The more wands all the way in there pulled around, shows the happier he seemed to become. Tricky customer, eh? Not to worry, we'll find the perfect match somewhere here. 
I wonder now. Yes, why not? Unusual combination. Holly and Phoenix feather. 11 inches. Nice and supple. Harry tucked the wall. Suddenly he felt warmth in his fingers. One raised the wand above his head. Brett down and swooshing down. On and from the end like a firework. Some dancing spots of light onto the wall. Harry whooped and clapped and Mr. Volvander cried. Oh, ye bravo. Yes, indeed. Oh, very well. Well, well, well. How curious. How very curious. He put Harry's wand back into the box and wrapped it in brown paper. Still muttering. Curious. Curious. Sorry, but what's curious? Said Harry. I remember everyone I ever saw, Miss Potter. Every single one. So it happens that the phoenix's tail feather near one gave another feather. Just one other. Very curious indeed that you should have testament for this one one's brother. Why your brother gave you that scar? Harry Swaddle. Yes, thirteen and a half inches. You. Curious indeed how these things happen. One chooses the wizard to hit. Remember, I think we must expect great things from you, Miss Potter. You're all. He who must not be named is a great thing. Terrible, yes. But great. Harry shivered. He wasn't sure he liked Mr. Alvander too much. Had seven gold galleons for the wand, and Mr. Alvander bowed grimly from the smoke. Late afternoon, the sun hung low in the sky as Harry, Hagrid, and Hagrid made their way back down the diagonally, back through the wall. The leaking cauldron now empty. Harry didn't speak at all as they walked down the road. He didn't even notice how much people were gawking on the other ground, laying with all stuff they had funny shaped packages. A snowy owl sleeping in its cage when Harry slept. Not escalated air out onto Paddington Station. Harry only realized where they were when Harry tapped on his shoulder. Got time for a bit to eat before your train leaves? Bought Harry a hamburger and they sat down in plastic bed seats to eat them. Harry kept looking around. Everything looked so strange to him. Alright, Harry, you're very quiet. He was sure he could explain. He had just had the best birthday of his life and yet chewed his hamburger, trying to find the words. Everyone thinks I'm special, he said. All those people in the cauldron, Coral, Ollivander, but I don't know anything about magic at all. How can I expect a great thing? I'm famous, and yet I can't even remember what I'm famous for. I don't know what happened when Bolt, I'm sorry, and then I, my parents died. Harry Lee, Hagrid leaned across the table. Behind the beard, wild beard and eyebrows, he wore a very kind smile. Don't you worry, Harry. You learn fast enough. Everyone starts at the beginning at Hogwarts. Just fine. It's just yourself. I know it's hard. You've been single out, and that's always hard. Had a great time at Hogwarts. I did. Still do, as a matter of fact. Hagrid helped Harry onto the train that would take him back to the Dursleys and handed him an envelope. Ticket for Hogwarts. Here's some King's Cross. It's on your ticket. Any problems with the Dursleys? Send me a letter with your owl. You'll know where to find me. See you soon, Harry. Train pulled out of the station. He wanted to watch Hagrid until it was out of sight. He was in the seat and pressed his nose against the window. He blinked. Hagrid was gone.